Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Just the Good Stuff. This is your host, Rachel Mansfield. And while I may currently be in newborn land, we have a ton of amazing guests lined up for you guys on the podcast. Today, we're chatting with my dear friend and personal prenatal trainer, Emily Clayman. Emily and I met when I was living in Hoboken a few years ago, and she is not only hysterical and truly the best energy to be around, she is also the creator and founder of Push. She has been in the New York City fitness industry for over a decade, and she's a certified pre- and postnatal fitness specialist, certified personal trainer, and she is a person you want to train with to feel supported through all phases of your pregnancy and thereafter. She sees clients both virtually and in real life. In this episode, you'll hear all about her expertise and what her and I have been up to together for the last few months for our weekly training sessions. I absolutely love my Wednesday mornings because I got to hang out with her and it just makes my entire day. I cannot wait to hear what you guys think of this episode. Don't forget to tag both me and Emily when you're listening and let us know what you think. And if you have a hot minute to rate and review the podcast, that would be absolutely amazing. We'll be back in two Tuesdays. So enjoy this episode, guys. Emily should have a podcast just because she's so talkative and like says informative things. You hear our sessions through the floor. I mean, I... Like it's like muffled, but you guys are both like very like pronounced speakers. So, so what have you learned? <laughs> no, I, I have nothing. But I mean, I can't hear. It. Are you pooping differently now too? Ever since Rachel got a squatty potty, I mean, it's just. I mean, that's a game changer on a good day. I did learn that I should bring that squatty potty to the hospital. I'm gonna see how much how easy it is to collapse this the one that i have and see if i could bring that but it collapsed just it's pretty heavy though it's wood yeah but like wait what mine's like plastic i never showed you mine no is it like a chic squatty potty (laughs) it's like bamboo like it's like white oak (laughs) you would i'm actually incredibly jealous because i hate the way that it looks but i love it so much no, it like mine fits. It matches some mirac- like by some stretch of a miracle, it actually matches my cabinet of like my vanity. Oh wow! She had a custom made. No, I didn't. She got a guy. So uh, I definitely would get a custom made squatty potty <laughs> though. Like, don't put it past me. But like this one, that would be on the, the ultimate power move. But yeah, is your mic on? Uh, now it is. Oh whoa! I can hear you so much better now. Well, at least we learned that now. Oh, this is what I like to be. This is, I usually like to have like 10 minutes before every podcast to take the laptop and test everything out. You somewhere. do realize that three minutes before um, we hit more on, you were in the pantry getting fucking chocolate and you're going to blame me for this? I'm not blaming you. I just said I, liked, I, I said I like to do 10 minutes before. I didn't say, Rachel, you didn't give me the time to do it. I just take that offensively. Well, now you both sound crispy. I guess your microphone must have been so good because I could totally hear you, but... Rachel's must have just picked you up. Just now, I'm, so, I'm just such a loud talker. That's it. Yeah. Really projecting. So what do you just podcast all day Thursday? <laughs> no, we don't do more than two episodes. And like, I've never done more than two in a day, but we usually do like one on a day. This is probably the, is this the first time we have had two together? Um, I feel like there was one other time we might have done two. Maybe it was like a maybe it was like an episode with you and I, and then one guest. Yeah. But like, not that they're like physically exhausting, but you got to be on your game for the for the hour. Yeah. A couple hours. Yeah, yeah. you do. Like for it's... me, being an introvert, it's a lot harder. For Rachel, she's just like you know, she's chatting. Yeah. I mean, like my dad called me after the last one I was on the phone. Like I literally haven't gotten so off have the phone. Been, haven't stopped talking. talking. <laughs> I haven't stopped talking since first thing this morning. Um, I love it. Well, I was like telling me, I was like, guys, I'm 30 weeks pregnant. We need to start like preparing what's the plan. So we were like running down, right, running through the plan of what's going to happen. Smart. When I leave her. Like childcare, who's in town, who's going to watch my children. You have like a giant like Google Cal or something. Literally like who do I call during, if it's like two o'clock in the afternoon, what are we going to do? So mm-hmm. it's crunch time. That was the one thing my, do- our doc- my doctor said. When I went mentor, it was like the one thing that you need to do for like literally me individually is like prepare the plan because my baby's come so fast. It's just like you need to have your shit together. You know, yeah. I feel like she didn't say anything during COVID, but I all with Brody because he was during COVID, but I also just felt like everyone was available. Everyone was, really yeah, everyone was like, well, yeah. And now, this and now it's like, like life. Time, 
Yeah, this is like the first time she's ever told you to have a plan. Well, she told me to have a plan because she said that my labor was so in- like intense and quick that someone like me, like for both of Ezra and Brody, like my water broke and they were here within two hours, like here within, no, Brody was here within 40 minutes, basically, my water breaking. So she yeah, was that's like, you wild. Need-. And Ezra was like an hour and a half to two hours. So she was just like, you need to like, you know, no. all the time, but she was yeah. like, you need to like get your ish in order. Ew, sorry. Maybe there's some um, work you do to slow down. So, <laughs> I we don't want to, honestly. We I want never. it to be fast. <laughs> oh, I know. I've I've been there. I've experienced too. <laughs> He's experienced too. Yeah. He's experienced. Well, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying I was on the bed, but I was there. I exper- I watched it. No, you're a good you're a good birthing partner. That's so, good. Because some people are not. I looked at him in the like in the beginning and I was like, you better be getting this on camera. Like, where's my video? I know. I think that's so cool that you have them. Because I suggested that, but it's okay. Well, you were like, should I do it on camera? And I just assumed that you'd be getting it on camera. Yeah. No, that's so cool. That's that's a pretty big assumption, though. Like, it's like blood pouring out of you. Someone like me, though. Like, I like that. Yeah. No, I would love Uh, to watch it, too. Like myself, not yours. I mean, unless you wanted to show me. You can watch it. That's fine. It's it's not really, like, X-rated. It's not like... No. No. But, like, it's a very personal thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't mind. Um, she wanted to show her, her dad, and her dad's just like, Rach, I love you, but no, that's too much. <laughs> no, that's amazing because he's the type of person, like, say you were like, Joe, I'm going to go get knee surgery. Like, he would YouTube what the knee surgery is, and then YouTube like a video of it, and like watch it, and then make you watch it. Like, he likes that gory shit, mm-hmm. but I don't blame him for not wanting to watch his daughter's, you know, uterus, yeah, long yeah. out. So, yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. I understand. So Emily, thank you so much for taking the time yeah. to chat with us today. Duh, always. I've had now a double like back-to-back hang sesh with you yesterday. I had the hummus last night. So thank you so much. Oh, bless. I haven't tried it yet, if you can believe. I don't know what is wrong with me. You had I a was, lot of desserts to try. I was going to say, I was too busy eating every dessert known to mankind from your kitchen yesterday. So. <laughs> I understand. Thank you I understand. for that. I know. Yeah. I went hard last night too. And then my friend Alyssa came over and like, I gave her a goodie bag mm. and then I, I put everything else in the freezer. Yeah. No, that was you missed some good ones from yesterday though. Yeah. I'll save you some for next week. So yeah. we have a lot to talk about. We do. About yesterday. You asked me if oh, how many questions I have for Emily. I know between, between this morning and now. We probably have like over a hundred questions. Yes. A lot of topics, you know, a lot of things to talk about. So I'd love to uh, start off and have you introduce yourself to the listeners and tell everyone who you are and why you are so fabulous. Oh my God. Well, thanks. Um, Well, I guess I'll just do like the really formal thing, even though that always feels so weird, but um, my name is Emily and I guess my full name, Emily Clayman. I am a prenatal and postnatal fitness specialist, um, fitness and functional training specialist. I've been in fitness for like over a decade and in the past two and a half years, just like really honed in on focusing on that community. I just always felt like there was not enough education circulating in the fitness space that focused on prenatal and postnatal fitness. Again, I always felt really underqualified to give like the proper information to my clients, like when they would get pregnant and I'd watch how I'd have like really badass clients, super active people that are really into fitness, just as soon as they got pregnant, get really nervous and scared. And that's kind of what brought me into the space. And then as you know, like once I got into it, I was just like, this is my jam and nerded out really hard. And I've been just like getting certification after certification because I can't stop learning about it. But yeah, that's what I do. I teach group fitness and then I work one-on-one with women throughout their pregnancy and postpartum or one or the other, depending on their interest and work with people virtually that started during COVID. Um, and I found that to be like super successful and in person. So um, that's my little spiel. I never knew that you were doing pre and post day. Like I remember the first time I met you at Impact in Hoboken and you came up to me and you like assumed... <laughs> you were like assumed that you you thought that like i assumed that you had followed me and i remember you just like talking about something on instagram i was like i'm sorry like do i have i met you before <laughs> yes I, I yes i actually kind of i feel like it was butter rescue or something and you were it was like, about butterfingers butterfingers yes it was yeah. the butterfingers because yeah. i was in a phase where i was making your butterfingers like all the time 
at impact. I walked in and she starts telling, she's like, I had a bug- butterfinger last night. That was what it was. You're like, I had a oh, butterfinger yes. last night. And I was like, well, that's okay. Everyone can eat candy sometimes. And <laughs> she was like, I meant your butterfinger. <laughs> that is exactly, I'm pretty sure I even texted my friend and was like, this most embarrassing thing just happened. I literally just like, again, assumed I was like, I made butterfingers. And you're like, you weirdo. No, Who are you? Not at all. I was just so confused. <laughs> it happened the other day too in the parking lot where someone said something to me. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, how do I know you? And like, what are you talking about? It's like, I don't. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes it's like, I don't know if I meet somebody or if you don't, you know. Just, no, that was me. Like, that was just me being weird, a weirdo. I'm always a weirdo. So I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, and then, so Emily had reached out when I announced that we were pregnant with our third mm-hmm. child. And it was like, you had telepathic capabilities because I didn't really do a very good job, like working out or anything with fitness at all during Brody's pregnancy because it was COVID. And then after, like, I'm always a walker. So like, I'm say pretty active yeah. that way. But, um, with this pregnancy, it's like, I feel like I need to get my shit together and I need to like work on my strength. It was also when we were pregnant with twins. Like I was just like, mm-hmm. let's get mm-hmm. in a groove. And when you had told me you were doing this, we had our first session. So Emily comes over on Wednesday morning. It's the highlight of my week. It really <laughs> makes hump day like less miserable. Oh my God. And we talk and do breath work and pelvic floor exercises yeah. and different other, like other exercises we'll go into for a bit of time. And it's amazing. And I'd love to first start with the breath work that totally. you taught me, like the different breathing exercises, because they like true like when you first told me about them i didn't understand what you're talking about <laughs> but now they've like transformed me and like my breathing in so many ways so let's talk about breath work especially during pregnancy and like what we've been learning totally yeah i mean that's super common again another reason why i was like okay i need to get into this because like i know it, when the time comes like you know i was like imagining myself like okay when i'm pregnant if someone looked at me and was like Hey, the best thing you can do is for like pelvic floor health and like staying strong in your core throughout your pregnancy is to breathe. I'd be like, okay, snooze on that. Like, gonna do something else. So I'm like, okay, there has to be a way to incorporate this into someone's like fitness regime, so it feels like supportive and something that you'd actually do rather than something like you know that we all say like, oh yeah, 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 I'm totally gonna do that, and you don't actually do it. So kind of associating that with your workout is like the best way I feel like, I mean, you can attest to this, like to frame it in your mind, because it is true. I mean, the best, the abs that we're used to working as a non-pregnant person, right. Are not the same abs. Let's call it as we work on during pregnancy, your more superficial layer of abs, um, your six pack abs and using air quotes, like that kind of goes on vacay when you're pregnant. It kind of has to move out of the way to make space for your belly to grow. So we want the focus to be on that deep core. And really the way to access those muscles is through your breath, right? And when we're talking about pelvic floor health, that deep core and your pelvic floor kind of work hand in hand. So once you know how to access that through your breath, it kind of just transforms, like you said, like your workouts, your everyday life, and just kind of feeling more supported as your belly grows. So how do we breathe? Like what's the right way? How do we breathe? So when we're trying to access those deep core muscles, right? We want to think there are four things that make up your deep core, right? Your core canister, something like that, right? It's called your pelvic floor, right? Your diaphragm, your multifidus, and your TVA, your transversus abdominis. And I feel like the TVA and the pelvic floor are kind of like the new like buzzy words. Like when you talk about pelvic floor health and fitness and stuff like that. So that's great. I'm glad we're like trending in that direction. But all those four things, right, make up that deep core. And the way that you access that is through breath. So your diaphragm is kind of like the captain of the ship. So if you think of breathing through your belly, that's that full diaphragmatic breath. That's what's going to actually turn on those muscles and access. Go after and they'll just watch you take a deep breath. (laughs) Try and connect through a belly breath rather than like breathing shallow through your chest. That's not going to access those same core muscles. So again, taking a deep inhale, you can kind of try and do it right now. You think inhale through your nose, right? You should feel your belly expand, your rib cage expand. You can almost picture like an accordion in your rib cage filling up, your belly filling up. That's at the same time that that's happening, your pelvic floor is releasing. So you want to think like totally relaxed in the belly and the pelvic floor. And then on your exhale, you always want to imagine you're exhaling like we're trying to blow out like a thousand candles at the same time through your mouth. That's the sensation that you are going to 
you know, when you're not pregnant, let's think about it like this. Let's say I have you in a plank and you're pulling your knee forward, right? You're going to go to try and help that happen, right? You're not going to breathe in when you're exerting extra force. So it's kind of mimicking that same engagement. It's going to happen naturally once you kind of establish that connection. But that exhale is what turns on those muscles. So again, you think inhale through the nose, fill up your belly, relax, right? Release that pelvic floor, fill up that rib cage. Then on that exhale, strong breath through the mouth. You'll feel that deep core engage, that wrapping sensation around the front side of your belly as you're lifting your pelvic floor. So is this something you should be doing like all the time or is it like specific times that you should sort of focus on a breath like that? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, it is for sure important to designate time for that kind of breath because I mean, Rachel, you can speak to this. Like it's not really the way you're going to be like walking around as a pregnant person and really nor should you, right? Taking like full release, relax, pelvic floor opening breaths and, you know, full belly breathing is not, you're not going to walk around your life doing that. So you do want to take the time to do that. I try and tell my clients if they can find like five minutes or less a day, just to like sit down and give me like five to 10 rounds of that type of breathing and a couple rounds of just like basic pelvic floor activation. Like it'll do you such good. Like I do it like when I'm working out with Emily a lot and like I'm doing it right now. And also like when we're doing recipes and like I'm standing at the counter and stuff and like I'm like starting to feel a lot of pressure and tension. I started mm-hmm. doing it then. But what's been so fascinating to me is like when we first did this, it's like when I inhale, my stomach it extends out. And then when I exhale, it like goes in. And mm-hmm. it didn't like come naturally to me to like breathe like that. Like I really, it was like a mind body confusion, but like now it's like connected. And even when I took the reformer class, like the other day, and I was doing those like knee hover things. And I would like listen to Emily in my head. She was even there. And I was like, okay, now before you lift up your knees, exhale. Yes. And then it like, it just has helped so much in just like yes. feeling stronger. Cause you don't do much with your abs. I feel like when you're pregnant in terms of exercising, but when I'm like breathing, I just really feel like they're like strengthening. Like, oh my God, that's literally music to my ears. Yeah. Because again, think about it when you're pregnant, especially when you don't have like any prenatal fitness knowledge, right? Your brain's not going to be focused on like, let me work the core muscles, right? Because you have, a, you know, when we picture a stereotypical pregnant belly, we're like, oh, there's no core muscles. When in fact, a pregnant woman's core is, has to be super strong in order to support the structure of the body and whole as the belly grows, as the body shifts, like we need a very strong core. So knowing how to access your core while you're pregnant, again, it's a super different way of accessing your core in a non-pregnant body versus a pregnant body, but it is so, 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 so important. And then as we're talking about now, especially at 30 weeks, knowing how to access those core muscles helps a lot with pushing ultimately. Yeah. And I like I practice pushing right now and I take my morning poop because I do yes. breathing as I'm pooping and I know it's for women's core, but it helps release everything like through like navigate my poop through my hemorrhoids so it's not hurting as bad. Like the breath work has truly changed my oh, life. I'm so happy to hear that. Style, which yes. is wild. And anytime we can make Rachel's pooping experience better, she's a she's a happy lady. I mean that's the only way to be. I'm honored to be associated with your poops, honestly. <laughs> and I mean that sincerely. <laughs> you talk about that often. Poops yeah. and anytime I look at a blueberry, I think. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love it. Do you want to explain the blueberry? Yeah, totally. Kind of like so um, one of my favorite cues to give people when they're first starting to try and understand how to access your pelvic floor, right? We want to, we want to be able to isolate your pelvic floor just like you would if you were doing a bicep curl, right? You're just isolating your bicep to make that curl happen. So we want to be able to tap into your pelvic floor muscles in the same way. So we want to be able to isolate those muscles. And then like we've just been talking about, we want to be able to connect them to your breath in the ways that we want to. The way that we connect to your pelvic floor for pushing is different than when we're accessing your pelvic floor for working out and just putting that out there. So the blueberry example, right, is a great way to start to train how we engage and how we release your pelvic floor. And the first time I met Rachel, I was like, girl, you're going to think this is weird, but just go with me. When you feel your, when, when we're activating your pelvic floor muscles, I want you to imagine that you're picking up a blueberry with your vagina and we don't want to squish the blueberry, right? We want to just pick it up off the ground, lift it up off the floor as high as you can. 
and then place it back down on the ground, even to the point where it might even go below the ground, right? We just want to like totally release everything and then pick it back up. Yeah. So now every morning when Jordan's like, I'm like, what the kids have for breakfast? He's like, you yeah. Jordan, blueberries. I'm like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> We're a big blueberry support in this house. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Basically between Jordan and my kids, they eat a lot of blueberries. I'm not a big blueberry fan. Oh, um, I love blueberries. I only eat apple, apples and dried mango. Wait, like, so is that why we've been buying all the blueberries? No. Yeah. Okay. I have zero. <laughs> Rachel's blueberries no. on the mic. No. That's why I couldn't find the frozen ones the other day. No. I'm like, stop buying blueberries. Oh and that's never. a grocery bill. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be clear. You don't have to actually practice this with a blueberry. No. Do not but recommend. It, but but it is how it was helpful, like learning that type of analogy in terms of just like mm-hmm. visualizing it and then like doing the breathing, breathing with it. So exercising during pregnancy. So we have a lot to chat within this. And I pulled Instagram and there was a lot of questions. So some of the questions are going to be like, Rachel, like, why are you asking this? But a lot of these are like listener questions. So the first one, can I keep working out normally when pregnant and for how long? Okay. So like normally, I'm not quite sure what that means. Me neither. But, That's why I was like, I want to know your perspective. Yeah, but like, yeah, you can work out literally until the day you give birth. Um, obviously, throughout your... Pre- every pregnancy is different. And like, I feel like we should do like a little like asterisk moment. Like you have to go with what your provider is saying is best for your body. There obviously are like very specific situations where like medically there might be more restrictions and things like that. But typically, yeah, you can totally work up. And quite frankly, you should work out up to the day you give birth or as long as you can, that feels comfortable in your body. There are obviously modifications and things that you should stay clear of as the belly grows and as the body shifts. But yes, you can totally work out. What are some things that you should stay clear of? Yeah. So essentially like the rule of thumb for working out is if you did it before you were pregnant, you should be able to maintain most of your activity throughout your pregnancy. You're, you know, 25 weeks pregnant. You're like, I think I want to start running, right? Not the time to do that. But if you are a runner and you've been running in your pre-pregnancy body all through your first trimester and it's feeling okay, you might do shorter runs, but that's still okay to do, right? Once you reach that third trimester, personally, there there's a bunch of data on this. I wouldn't recommend it. It's just a lot of excess pressure for your pelvic floor and things like that. But people do run and jump throughout their pregnancy. Um, again, it's very person specific. Um, But if we're going super generalized information, right, your first trimester, you typically can do everything that you've been doing so far. Just no laying directly on your belly. You want to be mindful of overstretching because you have this hormone pumping through your body called relaxin, which relaxes joints, ligaments, and things like that to start to help those shifts happen in your body. Um, So just again, being mindful of that. You don't want to hold your breath upon like any type of exertion, um, there's something called intra-abdominal pressure or IAP. And it's basically our job or as, as a trainer, my job for my clients to help reduce as much IAP as possible because you got enough of that going on. Um, and like excess heat. So like, no, I would not recommend once you're pregnant, like no hot yoga or like hot room workouts. And then first trimester also like Nothing that would cut, like add additional risk to abdominal trauma, like, I don't know, like flying objects or things like that. Second trimester is when you want to start to focus a little bit more on like avoiding certain core movements like leg lifts and V-sits. You definitely don't need to do crunches or abs on your back anymore. It's depending on the size of the belly, how quickly that happens. Um, and grows, you want to start to scale down your planks to come to your knees and things like that. No excess spinal flexion and extension. Um, and definitely no disassociation between your hips and your shoulders. So you don't want like really aggressive twisting. Um, you want to use, like I said before, like a lot of extra caution with um, high impact activities. Planks, like we talked about pushups, you can always modify and come to your knees again. This has like that big star next to it. Only if you are able to maintain the load without coning or doming in the abs, you want to make sure that you know how to access your core as that belly grows for all of that. And then you want to start to like scale back from really aggressive, like ballistic unilateral movements, like single leg split squat jumps or something like that. 
That's Rachel's unwind. favorite. Yeah, that is. Don't know. Yeah, you just don't know because we. I would never do that with you. But in your third trimester, front loaded moves and like center planks, you definitely don't want to be doing that at all anymore. Um, there are plenty of things you can do to access those muscles instead. No extra high impact workouts. Like I said, it's just extra stress on your pelvic floor. So high impact is kind of like, let's save that for another time. Um, and then typically we'll modify side planks. You come to your knees and things like that. That's just like a very short general list of things that just came into my head. So hopefully that's helpful. No, that's really helpful. And I remember when I first got pregnant with Ezra, it was when I went to bar three a lot. And I remember like, that's where I learned like Dino was our, my instructor. I would go to him every single week. And he taught me so much too originally where I was like, no twisting, no like flat back core. Like I was always okay. modifying and like, I won't even, I don't even know if like you can do this or like I'm from just being paranoid, but I won't even do like a stretch that requires me twisting because I get so <laughs> nervous about like twisting. You know what I mean? Like putting your foot, yeah. your like knees to the left and then like your, you yeah. are a twist. Yeah. Right. You're going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just get so nervous. But then I yeah. also remember like, I'm not a jumping jack kind of person anyways, but like, no jumping, like things like that in general, we're always like no-nos. But something I thought was interesting is that if so- someone had asked, like they said they're 25 weeks pregnant and they don't really work out, but they wanted to start moving their body and like actually doing like a workout, like what would you recommend that they start with? Totally. Absolutely. They should definitely start moving their body. Um, Again, you're not going to jump into a thousand percent of any type of workout, but it's super important to keep your body moving. Like studies have shown that it's so much better for mom and baby when the mom is active. Um, and for those clients, you know, it's good to start mostly with this pelvic floor work and understanding how to access your core. Cause like I said, really all of it's irrelevant if you're not sure how to access those muscles. Cause again, like we talked about the way I like to frame it with clients, right? If your best friend was like, Hey girl, I'm going to run the marathon. And you're like, Oh my God, that's so cool. What are you going to do to like train for the marathon? And they're like, nothing. I'm going to just chill. You'd be like, what? Like you should probably do something for that. Right. So it's the same thing for pregnancy, right? You want to think of your pregnancy as a marathon, right? While you're pregnant, that's a goal. Goal one, childbirth, goal two, recovery, goal three. So essentially, all of your workouts and all of your activity throughout your pregnancy, birthing experience, postpartum recovery, they should have that specific goal in mind. So when you're doing your workouts and you're training, right, knowing just because maybe your body could do something, maybe someone who's going from the couch to a jumping jack could do jumping jacks at 25, 26 weeks pregnant doesn't necessarily mean they should right now because that's probably not the best thing for their body, right? You want to understand what is the most beneficial for your body at that time. So I would recommend, again, connecting to your deep core, understanding pelvic floor work, strength training, using lighter weights, really focusing on the fundamental, fundamental, excuse me, functional movements that you'll be doing a lot throughout your pregnancy and early parenthood, you know, squats, lunges, hinging, carries, things like that. And if people are just doing things at home, like what are some of the top exercises uh, women could do while pregnant? Yeah. So I mean, DIY on your car. DIY. Yeah. So like, I know there's a lot of really good resources online out there. Um, as many good ones as there are, are as many trash ones as there are. So it's again, like you <laughs> really understand. No, it's true. Like understanding I'm sure you're that right. <laughs> it's true. There's like crazy amounts of mixed messaging out there when it comes to prenatal fitness and postpartum um, as well. So understanding again, we want to be working on the pelvic floor and your deep core. You've got to understand how to access that for yourself in order to stay strong and connected and supportive and make sure your workouts are safe. That's like baseline fundamentals. If you're really into Pilates or sculpt training or mat stuff, that's a great low impact, high intensity option. Just make sure again, your form is spot on. Um, I know there's a lot of really solid programs out there for that too. If your thing is more like heavier weight training and things like that, also totally safe and totally fine to do throughout pregnancy. Again, just being mindful of your form understanding your breath connection to your movements, um, like squats, like we talked about squats and lunges and hinges, carries, things like that. 
basically preparing your body to continue to grow as a pregnant body and then preparing your body for having a child postpartum, you're basically going to be carrying around, let's call it like a 10 pound weight fairly shortly after you give birth. So it's knowing again, how to support your structure during pregnancy and afterwards. How many days a week do you recommend that someone who's pregnant works out? I believe the ACOG recommends 150 minutes a week of exercise. Typically, I would recommend 30 minutes of movement a day if you can. That could be a walk. That could be a workout. It's very, again, generalized. For people that are big workouters, your worker outers, I don't really know how to say that. Like you're probably going to be doing more than that anyway. Um, now what are like five core moves or like three to five core moves that someone could do to strengthen their core while they're pregnant? Like exercises. Mm, great question. So again, I'm going to sound like a broken record by the end of this podcast. I'm going to be like, Oh my God, Emily, we get it. Deep core breathing is going to be the way to access your core. The most functionally sound way the most effective way and the way that you can kind of put it into every workout. So quite frankly, everything will be a core workout. So we got deep core breathing. Side planks are awesome. Make sure again, you use that exhale. As you know, in our workouts together, I'm like exhale, exhale all Mm -hmm. day, all day long. Squats are another great core exercise, especially when you add weight to them. Again, using your exhale, you said five, could keep going. Knee hovers, a great one. It's like the one you said you were doing the other day. It's basically modi- that would be your plank modification. Um, it's really nice if you have a Pilates ball or something you can put in between your thighs, come to a tabletop position, hands and knees. And then on that exhale, because like I said, we are breathing to find that core. That's when you lift your knees off the ground. You can find that kind of like simulated plank energy. This again, I say all of this with the big biggest caveat being if you see any doming or coning in your belly, or if you have extra pain or heaviness or anything, that means your body's not tolerating that type of movement. Um, and that the strength and control isn't quite there to do that type of movement. And then you should back away from it. Yeah. And it's like, don't push yourself. Like, right. Well, it's more like, again, we don't want to increase that IAP that we talked about, that intra-abdominal pressure. That's what's mm-hmm. going to create more of a separation in your abs, more pressure on your pelvic floor. And that's what leads to like incontinence and things like that, which we definitely don't want. I have a guess of the answer to this next question, but like, what are the top three fitness products to keep on hand in your house if you want to do some like stretching and exercises? Mm-hmm. Great. I kind of want to know what your guesses are. Should I say it? Okay. Yeah. That Pilates ball. Yes. Pilates ball. For life. Yes. My like strap weights. Yep. Love. My like one to two pound weights. And then a mat. Yeah. Boom, That's boom, all you use. That's really all you need. Again, if you're more of like a, I love to use a dumbbell and like do that, I would recommend having like 10 pound weights. You could, you know what I mean? Again, if you're like, I need to know how to do this at home effectively with like the least amount of equipment possible, you're, you know, that Pilates ball is going to be your bestie friend ever for accessing that pelvic floor and helping really also on the postpartum journey side of this, a Pilates ball is like such a great tool to use. So we love her. Ankle weights or strap weights that you can use lighter weights, two to three pound weights. You're doing more of that Pilates sculpt energy. So higher rep with lower weights. And then What's a great, again, for all those fundamental movements and like functional movements, having like a 10 pound weight, you can go higher than that too. Like, again, that's why this is so person specific. Like the person who's used to working with heavier weights can typically use heavier weight throughout pregnancy and then scale back like we talked about towards the end of that third trimester. But like a 10 pound weight would be a great thing also if you like heavier weights rather than lighter weights. That sounds pretty ballsy to me. (laughs) You could do it. I'm carrying a 10 pound weight in my stomach. I was about to say, you got that. And you also have like two kids running around. So they're, those are yeah, more than 10 pound weights. So, um, what are the best exercises for diastasis recti? Did I say yes, you did. So it's funny. Some That's people terrible. say diastasis. Some people say diastasis. Um, I've heard diastasis the most. Um, okay. recti. Oh, yes. Seven. Let's just stick with that. Can someone tell me what this is? What is, yes. so what is diastasis recti? Yes. That is the separation 
of your rectus abdominis. So those outer abs, that, that outer layer of your core that we were talking about before, your six-pack abs, quote unquote, right? There's this thing called the linea alba that runs directly down the center of the abdominal wall. It's the connective tissue that holds those two straps together, right? If you think about it, you can kind of feel it if you like walk your fingertips down the center of your body, like from your belly button up towards your rib cage. That's your linea alba, right? The linea alba has to expand to accommodate a growing baby, right? As your belly gets bigger, you can literally picture it, right? If your abs have to separate more and more, that linea alba has to stretch and grow, which causes those two straps of your rectus abdominis to move away from the midline of your body. Does that make sense? So it's that yeah. separation in your abdominal wall. Everyone is going to experience it. Again, this is part of that like really aggressive mixed messaging that's out there. Like everyone's going to get separation. It's literally impossible to not like think about it in your head. Like when your belly expands, that's going to happen. It's when it have when the separation happens to a great extent and there's depth involved, like how deep that separation goes and how quickly those tissues are able to come back together. There's a variety of reasons that it happens. Some as simple as you have a really short torso or you're carrying, you know, twins or triplets, excess intra-abdominal pressure, like we keep talking about, um, can cause a wider gap and things like that. So does that happen during pregnancy? The separation? Yeah. I mean, you're going to, for sure. So it can happen again. That's why we want to be really, really mindful throughout your pregnancy of, of monitoring any coning or any doming that might be taking place, right? Because that again is that excess pressure. If you think of like putting your finger, if you're like car tire had a hole in it and we just like put our finger over the hole, right? The air is going to try and get out wherever there's a hole. So we're like holding our finger over the hole. If we move our finger, air is coming out. You can think about that slight separation in your abs. That pressure has to go somewhere, right? It has to come out somewhere unless we have a hold of that pressure, i.e. from core breathing, understanding how to access those muscles to help decrease that pressure. So what do you do to like salt, like to help that once you have it? Once you have it? Yeah. So it's basically strengthening your core from the inside back out to that rectus abdominis, right? So it takes, it can take a little bit of time. So when you leave the hospital or wherever you birth, then you go home and then they say like not to work out for like still you're cleared for six to eight weeks. Like what can you do during those six to eight weeks that are like safe Mm -hmm. at home? Like, like, you know, some type of movement. So you're not just like, I think some women kind of like, like put themselves on bed rest almost where it's like, you're not on bed rest because like you said, you're not sleeping. You're basically not showering. You're either a human cow or you're like prepping bottles all day. Like you're not yep. stopping. Yep. And like, that's a workout in and of itself. But then all of a sudden, like you go to the doctor, like, great, you can have sex. And like, you can go take an orange theory class. And I'm just like, what? Just like, you're that? like, my uterus is going to fall out of my vagina. Yeah. If I do that. yeah. Like, so, so what yeah. do you do during that? Like wait, kind of like that, like six to eight week wait. Right. Well, again, all of this is like very situationally specific, situation specific. I don't know how I'm trying to say that, but, and it's very like person specific as well, but any type of pelvic floor rehab, any type of core rehab and rehab tends to have like a pretty clinical feel to it. So that's why it's such a slippery slope. Cause I want to say like, Oh, you can start training with me, you know, two weeks. If you have an uncomplicated vaginal delivery, let's go. And then it's like, but I'm not supposed to work out. And it's like, well, it's not like the, it's not like the workout that you're thinking in your yeah. head, but we are working your deep core muscles. We're starting to bring that separation closer together, right? We're starting to understand how to access. I mean, I don't know if you can speak from your own personal experience, but a lot of women after they give birth, they're like, what, what are even my abs? What is my core? I don't know her right now. Like, so a lot of those muscles, again, you're like, where is everything? And it's starting to, again, bring that awareness back to your body. You're going to be doing squats. You're going to be doing hinges. You're going to be carrying, right? All of this stuff is happening. You're working mm-hmm. out. It's your everyday living becomes your workout. So you want to make sure that your body, we're not just like chilling with our feet up, which you're not going to be doing anyway. Like that's impossible. So you want to make sure you're supporting your body. Again, basic pelvic floor rehab. Again, I could list like a couple exercises right now, like bridges and 
marches and side planks with that ball between your thighs. Again, really understanding that deep core breathing. That's why I'll say to a lot of my pregnant clients, like future you, like postpartum you is going to thank current you so hardcore because when you are in that recovery phase, it's much easier. And I say easier loosely, I'll do air quotes again with that to tap back into that mind-body connection if you already have those neural pathways like established in your body so that when you take those deeper exhales, your pelvic floor knows it needs to turn on, right? Your deep core muscles, everything's going to go, oh yeah, I remember we did this and then again, it, oh, it takes time. You're recovering from probably the most physically demanding event a body could go through. So like, that's the other thing to keep in mind. Like that's, it's going to take some time. We have a very like toxic view of like this bounce back culture that like needs to be thrown in the trash and set on fire. Like we're, we're done with that. We need to take care of ourselves afterwards and take the time to rehab so that you can get back to your orange theory or your CrossFit or your sculpt classes or your jumping dance cardio classes, whatever you're into. Does working out during your pregnancy, do you think that that can positively impact your birth, the birthing experience and postpartum recovery? 1000%. There have been plenty of studies that show that for sure. Yeah. Like if someone is a little bit more active, whether it's just like walking or whatever, like they're, Mm -hmm. it's likely that their labor and delivery will be a little bit more like seamless for them. Well, that's the hope. I mean, yeah. I mean, you want to, again, think about it. Like what what I was saying before, we're training for a, a specific event and that specific event is an incredibly physically demanding thing. Even right down to the stamina, when you have contractions and things like that, it's really learning how to understand your body under stress good stress and bad stress and recognizing like feeling how your own personal strength and your ability to focus on different muscle groups in the body during your pregnancy will help in the situation when you are giving birth and then recover in postpartum. So when you are prepping for birth, what are some like routines or things that you can do to like best prep your body for childbirth? Great. So again, these are all like very generalized things um, that I'm going to say, but they're all good and the umbrella of things that you can do to help your body prepare for birth, right? So I make sure we're stretching the glutes, the hips, the adductors, right? All that. We want it to be nice and stretched, nice and open. Same goes for the pelvic floor. Like we talked about before, connecting to your breath and your pelvic floor in the context of birth, switches as we know that's when that pooping breath comes into play which we love and having like a good handle on a birth plan again i tend to steer clear of the word plan like a birth idea is more where i like to go just so that again you take some of that mental stress can totally show and it's in your body and just kind of having like your team of people there an idea of what you need set can help relax your muscles believe it or not like specific things that you can do to prep for childbirth. So like, is that like sitting on one of those big bouncy balls or like, I don't know, other ways that you can move your body? Like, especially when you're getting towards the end. I remember with mm. Brody between like 36 to 40 weeks, like I just kept walking at a very slow pace, like yep. walking and moving and stretching. Like what else could you be doing? Yeah. To like, yeah. So... That being said, you're kind of working with your baby in that regard. Like your baby has to like get engaged in your pelvis and things like that. So you have your pelvis inlet, which is like the top of your pelvis, right? Then you have your mid pelvis and then your pelvis outlet, which is ultimately like where the baby comes out, right? So if you're having a vaginal delivery. So there are plenty of things that you can do to help get the baby in the right position. Squats are always awesome. Um, I don't know, like certain stages of your labor, right? Getting the baby into a pelvis. There are different exercises you can do sitting on one of those bouncy balls for sure. I don't typically do that with my clients, but like if you want it, that's comfortable on your own, right? Stretching, like we talked about adductors, glutes, having that nice and open. Um, Someone's going through labor and you got to do all this work beforehand, but it's like, not that it's traumatic, but it's definitely like a very different environment. What are like a couple of things that a husband or partner can kind of like remind their wife while they're pushing to like do that, that they would have learned with you? First thing I'm going to say, best way to answer that, 
listen to your partner. Have the conversation beforehand. If it's the two of you, right? Look at your wife and be like, Rachel, tell him what you'll need from him in the delivery room and then take her out of work for it, right? Like when you're in the process of labor and delivery, like she's going to be really preoccupied with like the whole, yeah. you know, like pushing the baby out and like dealing with that. So it's up to you. Oh, oh, giving birth. Yeah. Like, oh, that thing. Yeah. So like all eyes typically shift at one point from mom and baby to the baby, right? Everyone's there to like get the baby ready to go. So making sure that you stay really tuned into her and making sure like she knows that she's supported. She has you to be like her voice when she needs to conserve her energy and stuff like that to keep relaxing her pelvic floor, right? There are different breathing techniques. If a partner is in the room, it's really important to have that conversation ahead of time and not like, you know, in the process of pushing and you're like, Hey babe, what do you need? Like, that's yeah, just, not just relax. You're, yeah. You're... <laughs> just chill girl. Yeah, you're doing great. Yeah. I'm like, am I though? Like, shut up. Yeah. Just again, reassuring. I think again, one of the things I think as a society that gets really tough is once the baby comes into play, like all eyes go to the baby. And obviously that's super, super important. But mom also needs to feel like I'm a thousand percent supported the entire time. And that's a great role for the partner to play because nurses, doctors, everyone's going to be like, boom, we're on that kid. And not saying that they're not going to pay attention to the mom anymore, but it is important to know that um, your partner, like you are their focus. What are the different, like when I'm going to be pushing, if I push this baby out, what are the different types of like pushing and breathe? Like, should I do those breathing exercises that we spoke about in the beginning of this episode? Is that how I should be breathing when they're like, okay, like during every contraction, like when you push, like, is that how I should, is that how one should? Totally. Okay. Yeah. So there are two main types of pushing. There's one, the one that we practice, right? is called open glottis pushing. That's like the tongue twister today. Um, Open glottis pushing. That's breathing, right? (laughs) While you're pushing versus basalva pushing which is what we typically see in like movies and stuff like that, which is when the person pushing is instructed to take a deep breath, right? At the beginning of the contraction and then hold it and go, right? It's the type of breath that we're used to doing if you're like super constipated. That's why, again, it all comes back to the poop breath because you're learning how to do that, right? Instead of bearing down, that's a lot of extra pressure for your pelvic floor to bear down and push versus breathing, right? We've learned now how to contract those deep core muscles, by exhaling while releasing your pelvic floor, right? So that's the kind of breath that will train that open glottis pushing is breathing through those pushes versus that close, which is more of that bearing down. Neither is wrong. Neither is right. It's kind of what works best for you. Um, With my clients, like I talked about at the beginning, it's kind of like a really awesome way to frame the breathing practice into your fitness workouts, right? We're training those deep core muscles. Like we talked about, we're getting stronger. You're feeling that in your everyday life. That same core control, that same core engagement is the core engagement you're going to feel when you're pushing out the baby, right? So your uterus, the top of that uterus, that fundus is going to be contracting to push the baby out and your deep core muscles are assisting that push. So again, those pushes timing out with your contractions, using that big exhale, right. To help push the baby out is awesome. Yeah. I really hope it gets implemented this because I know same. same. Like, when this podcast comes out, like everyone will know by then, but like, I wonder what actually is going to happen. Yeah. I'm yeah. definitely curious because with Rhodey, like she was more so instructed to do the second type of breath where you take that big deep breath in like, and then like hold it and then push. And that's how I got hemorrhoids up my butt crack. <laughs> it's definitely, again, there are certain situations where like your medical provider might be like, you have to do this. Like you have mm-hmm. to bear down and push. We've got to get this out. Research has shown both can be both super successful. Some, uh, some instances, open glottis pushing is more successful, right? It's just not as widely practiced and takes education. So if the patient doesn't know how to do that, like I've had plenty of, clients who are like, my doctor was like floored that I knew how to push a baby out like this. Or like the nurses were like, Oh my God, you push that baby out in three pushes and you like breathe through your pushes. And you're like, yeah, well, I learned how to do that. It's not typically taught. So again, kind of in that same way that you were like, what can I do? You're not going to be like, okay, you're in very active labor. Let's go ahead and learn how to push like open glottis pushing. You'd be like, 
fuck off. Shut up. I'm yeah. back to push something out of my vagina. See you tomorrow. Right. Yeah. So again, bearing down is just more typically practiced. And I'm not even saying that it's bad. It's just definitely more stressful for the mom um, and definitely more stressful on your pelvic floor. It makes sense. It makes mm-hmm. sense. I had a lot of tearing and such. So hopefully. again, think of your poops when you're pooping with that exhale and you're able to release those pelvic floor muscles. That's the back of your pelvic floor, right? We have three different front, center, and back of your pelvic floor. Knowing how to relax that while pushing and that's you practice it. I mean, you can't really stimulate childbirth, but pooping is a great way to practice that type of breath. Again, exhaling to engage your core, to push out a poop while you relax your pelvic floor, epidural or not, you get to simulate that same feeling for childbirth or whatever I'm trying to say. It helps simulate the same. That's very true. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. But it I like feel mimics like one it. another. It mimics Thank you. Yes. I got you. It's not, it's not apples to apples, but it's basically like yeah. the same yeah, type, of type of prep that practice. you can do. Okay, yes. my last question is if there is something that you would want everyone, every pregnant woman to know about working out, what is it? Mm, do it. Don't be afraid to do it. It's so good for your body. Educate yourself the best way you can. Find the resources that are reliable and trustworthy and know that you are fucking strong and capable and don't be scared. I love that. That would be my advice. I love that. And, and focus you're- on your pelvic floor, please. For the love of all that is good. I think between <laughs> you and Sarah's episode, everyone's going to be like Googling every pelvic floor therapist yes. in like a radius <laughs> of their house, which is amazing. I already was this morning. I'm like, I feel yes. like I need to go as soon as I deliver this baby, blah, blah, blah. Um, Emily, you're amazing. Can you tell the listeners yeah. where they can find you and learn more about you and your services and like where they could also just like take a class? Yes. Oh my God, please. So I, um, my company's name is push, um, on Instagram, it's at push PPNFT, which is pre postnatal fitness and functional training. Um, my personal link to there. If you ever have any questions, you can DM that account or the other one I teach in Hoboken at a group fitness studio called impact. You can come and take my class there. And if you ever want to work one-on-one, you can just slide on into the DMs or you can visit my website, which is attached to my Instagram. And yeah, don't ever hesitate to reach out. Reach out. I want to be a resource for as many people as I possibly can. So Amazing. Everyone call Yay. Emily. She'll help you near or far. Thanks, yes. Emily. Thank you.